Today's reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still and cast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels whose minions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the... As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. They thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked the road and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to, for a moment, that you are passionate Reading Football Club supporters. Now, that may be hard to imagine, but imagine you are, okay? And you're the friend. What's more, all the pundits had said that Reading was going to win because the team they were playing, had, they'd beaten them the last three times and the other team, two or three of their best players were out injured and, and Reading had the ball over the Reading goal line and it was lost. And you are shattered. Your whole world has just been turned upside down. Now, I think that the way the disciples were feeling that morning on the Emmaus Road was, a, was, was if you like, re, that, that description of the Reading fans was a little microcosm of what they were feeling. They're shattered. Jesus had been crucified. The tomb had been found empty, but they didn't think that he'd risen. And they're absolutely, it was a completely curved ball. They never saw it coming. They thought Jesus was going to save them. And you know, in our lives, sometimes we receive surprising and, and often difficult curved balls that we have to deal with, things that we'd never expect to happen. I've spoken to at least three families this week for whom one of those curved balls has never expected it. And it's hard. It's hard to know how to deal with it. And there are two ways, really, of coping with something like that. One of them, everything's gone, all fans. This is the end of everything. I can't bear it. And scatter. 
to get as far away as you can. The other thing is to ask the question, I wonder what is in through this, difficult as it might be, is God somewhere in this? Now, those two disciples on the Emmaus Road had opted for option one. They were passage of these two disciples and their walk down the Emmaus Road and the stranger who comes alongside them can help us, I think, to look at the events in our lives more from God's perspective, more from Jesus' perspective, and give us hope in a really encouraging way. So, does that sound good? Um, let's turn to the passage. If you haven't got a Bible, I do recommend that you pick one up, be, uh, not just your service sheet, because we are going to be looking at other passages. So do move around if you want to, to grab a Bible, and, uh, and we'll take a look at the passage. So we are on page 1061. It's chapter 24, and it's verse 13, where we begin, where Abby read so well just now. And it says this. It says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Let's just stop there a moment. That same day, what same day? Well, if you look at the passage just before it, it was our passage last Sunday, Easter morning, the empty tomb, the resurrection. This is the afternoon of the day that they found the empty tomb. And we know it's the afternoon because it says that there's seven mile, it's a seven-mile journey. And we'll find later on that the journey ends as dusk is falling. And so it would have been three hours to walk seven miles. This is the middle of the afternoon. And they're walking down the Emmaus Road. Who are they, the two of them? Well, if you look at verse 9, just before the passage, it describes the, with the, the 11 disciples, that in other words, the 12 minus Judas, plus all the others. They were other disciples of Jesus. Not one of the 11, but, the, but one of the others. Some of the others. The two of them. Saviour, they hoped, had been arrested. He'd been tried on false charges. He'd been crucified. And he'd been buried. And okay, the tomb had been found empty, but they certainly didn't put any... How everything had gone wrong. Because they, they did know their scriptures, but as we'll see later on, they hadn't quite joined up all the dots. Anyway, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. So to all intents and purposes, they were walking along the, the Emmaus Road, and a stranger joined them as they walked. In several of the resurrection accounts, the disciples do not recognise Jesus immediately. And it's quite often when Jesus does something or says something that's familiar from his life before the crucifixion that they then that they then get it. But we, we don't know. We don't know why they didn't recognise him. But he says, sing together as you walk along. Jesus knows that these two have a need. And there's only one reason that Jesus is on the Emmaus Road with them, and that is to reason. He's got no business in Emmaus. By evening, he'll be back in Jerusalem. But he knows they have a need. And do you know something? I think in life, there's so often... There's so often that we have a need as well, that curveball. When something happens that's really difficult, we need to know that Jesus is with us, even if we don't recognise his presence. I have a, it, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but I have a, and the first one or two is, is pretty much all I need to read, because this is what it says. It says, God is always present and active in my life, whether or not I see him. God's me. Jesus asked them, well, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And, and, and they kind of stop, 
They stood still, it says in verse 17, their faces downcast. And then one of them, Cleopas, another um, account, and his wife. And it's very possible that Cleopas was on the, the road to Emmaus with his wife, um, although she's not specifically mentioned. According to Cleopas. Because it's almost a perfect gospel, in fact. It's almost a perfect gospel. But he, as I say, he just doesn't join up the dots and therefore he misses the point. Because he says Jesus of Nazareth is powerful in word and deed in verse 19. He says that Jesus is crucified um, in verse 20. In 21, the hope that he would redeem Israel, that he would be the... And finally, the fact of the empty tomb. All of the elements of the gospel are there. But Cleopas doesn't join up the dots. He doesn't see how the jigsaw puzzle comes. And so Jesus says to him in... uh, in verse 25, he says, how foolish you are. <laughs> I, I always smile when I read that verse. And I wonder how often God looks down at us, looks at us, Jesus looks at us, or the Holy Spirit looks at us and says, how foolish you are. <laughs> because of all that Jesus has said that about me, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Remember, they still haven't recognised Jesus at this point. To suffer the Israel from their suffering. But in actual fact, Jesus was going to redeem Israel through his suffering. And it's all the world's most incredible Bible study, that. Um, as Jesus opened the scriptures to them. And we, we don't know which scriptures he turned to. We don't know, but there's one scripture I'd like us to turn to now. Very, page 741, just... Briefly, keep your finger in the, in the Emmaus Road, but just turn back to page 741 and look at chapter 53 and I read from verse... I want you to just think, who is the prophet Isaiah talking about here as I read it? Surely he took up our pain by God. Peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord Jesus, the iniquity of us all. There's only one person. Just the stranger beside the two disciples opens up his word to them. And do you know, one of the things that I think that this is kind of uh, tells us is that even when we don't understand scripture, his word is always reliable. Pray to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what he's saying to us because the Bible is God's word. It's the inspired word of God. Anyway, it says that as they approached the village, verse 28, to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with those two disciples as Jesus opened the words of scripture to them. Because it says a few verses later that their hearts had burned um, inside, brought to them, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and then he disappeared from their sight. Again, it's an extraordinary mystery. Why did they recognise him at the moment that he broke the bread? Why was, why was that the time? I mean, there, there are lots of ideas. Perhaps the simplest of all is that they'd seen him do that many times before. When they'd had meals with Jesus, they'd seen him. 
break bread and give thanks at the beginning of the meal. It was a regular sort of custom. Perhaps it was that as he gave thanks and lifted the bread, you could see the the scars on his hands from the nail marks from the cross. We don't know. It's a mystery. But it's in that moment. And you know, breaking bread is powerful. It's really powerful. I read a book a few years ago by a woman who, I can't remember her name, but I think the book was called Take This Bread. But she had been an atheist all her life. She, she hadn't, um, she'd been quite anti-church, really. And, um, but she'd had a difficult life, and she was in a difficult time of her life. One Sunday, she was walking up the street, and she walked past the door of a church. And she heard the music coming out because it was Sunday morning and there was a service going on. And she just felt pulled. And she walked into the church and she sat down at the back. And then when the minister invited everybody up to share in the bread and wine of communion, she just found herself getting to her feet and walking up. And as the minister broke the bread and gave it to her and she took it and she ate it, she met the risen Jesus. She, her life was utterly transformed. She was filled with love, filled with love. And her life was utterly transformed. She became a kind of on-fire Christian, I suppose you'd say. And breaking bread is powerful. And when we come to break bread this morning, which we'll do in just a few minutes, I would say, be expectant. Be expectant that as you come to receive the bread, that you'll meet the risen Christ. The Holy Spirit, who was working in those two disciples, as we can see, they, in verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts within us while he talked with us on the road? The Spirit, the Spirit lights up God's word, reveals Jesus to us and draws us into fellowship. And it, that's exactly what happens to these two disciples. Because in verse 33, they get up and they return at once to Jerusalem. They didn't even eat the meal. They got up at once and remember it was dark by this time. They headed straight back to Jerusalem because they couldn't not be with their brothers and sisters in Christ who were in Jerusalem. And as we see, when they get together with them, they all agree it is true, the Lord has risen. And then they explain to the others how they had met, although they hadn't realised it, how they'd met Jesus on the road and he'd been revealed in the breaking of the bread. And you know, You'll see if you turn over that page that we're virtually at the end of Luke's gospel, okay? Almost at the end of Luke's gospel. But do you know something? Luke didn't stop writing there. Luke kept on writing, and he wrote about everything that happened after that with the birth of the church in the book of Acts. And that's going to be our next preaching series, starting next Sunday. And what I would love us to do as a church over the coming months, as we go through the book of Acts, and we see how the Holy Spirit brings alive God's word and leads the early church, that we would learn to do the same. Not just as individuals, important as that is, but as a church, as a church family. And over the months, we'll see where the Lord leads us as we allow the Spirit to reveal Jesus and lead us in the right direction. The Emmaus Road is the story of two disciples who were walking in the wrong direction away from Jesus, who in an encounter with Jesus and the words of Scripture are turned around and end up walking in the right direction, back into fellowship and back of God. Does that sound good? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. 
thank you that your word is 100% reliable. Lord Jesus, thank you that when, when we don't even know your present, you are with us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you illuminate the words of Scripture and reveal Jesus to us. And we pray that today, in whatever life throws at us, those curved balls that come out of nowhere, that rock us, that destabilise us, that make us anxious, that make us fearful, Lord, we pray that we would remember that you are with us and that your spirit will lead us to where you want us to be. For Jesus' sake, amen.